If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Austin, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, excited to chat. Marketing is one of my absolute favorite things to talk about. Excited to dive into this a little bit. But yeah, first and foremost, talk to me a little bit about your early start in your career, because you were doing something completely different, working within a totally different industry. What was your original goal and plan? So yeah, I was actually working in accounting before marketing, which I don't know of two professions like in an office setting that can be further apart right. than accounting and marketing, two different sides of the brain. But yeah, I initially went into accounting and my whole goal was to climb the corporate ladder, become a CFO and be making the, the big boy decisions with the finances. And so I, I went to school and everything for that. And so it always cracks me up when people ask like what I do. And I'm like, oh, I run a marketing company. They're like, oh, is that what you went to school for? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I did. I did accounting. They're like, uh, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting too, because one of the things I talked about a lot is like, we're both young. I'm not going to guess your age, but like, we're both young. And there was a period, unless you were born in the 2000s, like the idea of becoming a, a marketer in the sense of what it is now didn't exist. <laughs> like digital advertising was not a thing you thought about in kindergarten when they said, what do you want to be when you grow up? It just didn't, that didn't exist at all. So it's always interesting hearing people ask stuff like that. Like, did you go to school for this? Was this the plan? How'd you get started? It's like, I got started because like it developed, it was a new thing to do. And so for you climbing the corporate ladder, trying to move forward, it seems like what kind of changed that trajectory was actually starting a family. You were found yourself in a position where my seller is not going to cut it doing this, kind of following this traditional path, which I think is the spot a lot of people find themselves in. How long, how far along in your journey were you when you had that realization, like this is not going to grow at the speed I need it to be viable? Yeah. So I was like really big into working full time and going to school full time. So it actually progressed in my career pretty far. Like I was actually working for a company that was publicly traded at the time and being one of their staff accountants and had a pretty good trajectory to go into a supervisory role, like not soon after. And yeah, you're exactly right. Like the, the family was a really big portion as to why, like we just started looking at it. And so if we, we could just have my, it was my wife's dream to stay home with the kids. Like I wanted to make that a reality. And they started doing the you know, calculations like we could make it work, but we'd have to like significantly cut back like on certain areas that we really enjoy. And it's like, I'd rather just like, do something else on the side and, and kind of bolster that. And I, that's when the search started. That's when the, the search for like, acclaimed side hustle was starting in my mind and uh, starting to vet out some things. And by trial and error, I landed where I was at. It, like you said, it's a position a lot of people find themselves in where they look at the future and go like, this isn't exactly what I have in mind. This is not the brightest possible path. But also, like you said, you'd worked your way up. You've been working this environment for a long time. You've been going to school, like spending money to invest in yourself in this career path. Was it a 
was it a long, painstaking process of deciding to break away from something you poured so much of your time, money, and energy into? No, <laughs> I. Yeah, it's kind of funny because to see. So I like I officially like start trying to find clients for my marketing company in May of last year, and then by October I was like, "Deuces, I'm out of here. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go work on this full time." So it was like in the course of five months, like it really oh. developed to a point where it was just like, you know what? I can either divide my time and try to focus on both. But I, I was not, I'm sure I wasn't doing good work because I was always consumed with like ideas of, oh, I could do this or I could offer that, or right. I, I should go try to find customers here. Yeah. Yeah. Always interesting because you have people that just go like, I'm sick of this and they quit and then they figure it out later. But your path was more, I'm going to try to build this to the point I can't manage both. Was that kind of the approach? Yeah. Yeah. And I still might've cut it a little early, uh, <laughs> but it, it, came to, it came to a point where I was just like, I can't, I didn't feel good about just doing both and providing like a subpar performance, like in, in my job at that time. And it, and it just kind of worked out to where it was, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to do this now and I'm not going to look back. No. Tell me a little bit about just like dipping your toe into that world of marketing. What was your, number one, what put marketing on the radar for you is like being an alternative path. And then number two, diving into it, it seems like you experienced growth very quickly. What do you attribute that to? Yeah. So actually both of those things, like I contribute to a, a course that I took and be a mentor that I found. Mm. Um, the guy that I found his name's Roger Comstock. He has a program where he shows people like how to start their, their own company, providing customer flow for other companies. And like, for me, I was like, okay, that sounds interesting to be able to go in and learn how to provide value to someone and get paid for it. And one of his big things is like, the ability to automate it to a point where you can almost make it passive. Yeah. So, okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. Right. So I reached out and I just decided ultimately like it was worth the investment to me and it's been one of the best investments. I'm one of the biggest proponents you'll ever find for courses and mentors. And that's actually a big portion as to why we're starting what we're starting now, which is Rise Academy. And it's worth thinking of marketing it as like the better business bureau for online education. We're vetting like these great companies that do Airbnb, Amazon, uh, Forex trading, Shopify stores, like all these different things. And we're bringing them in one spot because it, it like hurts my soul a little bit when somebody's, oh, it's just a big scam. These people are just out to make money. And mm. if you can find the right mentor that has like the right motives, man, it could change the whole course of your life if, you, yeah. if you're willing to do it. Yeah, there's no shortage of people that are trying to teach people that don't know what they're doing. Um, we know that there is the reaction of people to the coaching industry, I think is warranted in a lot of ways. There are a lot of people, I think about this in the podcast space, myself and Travis on this show, like we've coached people on launching podcasts, but we've both launched podcasts that have made money and have gotten a lot of traction. And so there's that we've been there. Now we can show you the way, but there's a lot of people that will go and like their whole business is helping people launch podcasts and their own show. When you look at their metrics, has no traction. <laughs> so it's the same in the marketing space. You'll see people offering marketing that haven't ever successfully marketed anything. And so I get the pushback there. But like you said, if you find the right person, it can be rocket fuel. And we're the number one proponents of finding mentors, finding coaches, like the show's called Build Your Network, like who can change everything. But when you're first stepping into it, when you're first getting into a realm that you're not familiar with, you talked about vetting. How did you go about making sure you were finding the right mentor, even though you didn't know enough about the industry to say, like, these red flags specifically I should look out for or this thing? Like, 
how do you not go in just blind and say, hey, here's a large sum of money. Let's get going. So I, I made, and this is part of the steps that we're trying to help people not take is like making this mistake of wasting money on a course that was subpar or was pretty much, hey, just watch these videos and you're good to go. Yeah, like we've all done that. Up, yeah. Dude. yeah. Right. And so like, that's one of the biggest things that I think that Rise Academy can do is that we're helping people not take that step. Come in and we'll show you, let's find your passion within there. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was hopped on a call with Roger. If anyone like listening's ever met Roger, he is the world's nicest man, like mm -hmm. hands down. And at first I, I was like, man, he, this must be like a sales pitch. Like, like he's really good at doing this because he's so happy. But I have been on a call every single day for the past seven months with Roger. And I can 100% like a surety say, no, he is just that nice of a guy. So yeah. my second go around, like I just got really lucky in finding a guy that actually cared about my success and that yeah. wanted me to succeed as bad as he wanted to succeed. And finding someone that, like you said, has been there, done that, that has scaled through that um, is key because I think the biggest question that you have to ask yourself as you're looking at this mentor is, okay, do they have like tangible proof that they have gone where I want to go? Yeah. And are they continuing to learn? Because if you're finding a mentor that just feels like they've arrived, then that's yeah. one of the worst things that you could possibly do is go to somebody that thinks they're a know-it-all. Right. Yeah, 100%. So what was some of the, the keys to your success? Because again, there's people that take courses, even with good qualified people, there's probably plenty of people that have gone through trainings with people of that status who are laying all these gems out and saying, here's the path. But still, I listened to a coach a few days ago and he was saying, I can't control, I can control what I teach, but I can't control what my students are doing. So what did you implement that attributed to that early success, be able to really explode out of the gate into a new industry? Yeah, it was dedication to being consistent. I was working a nine to five. I only had an hour or two every night because we had our daughter in July of last year. So I'd been starting the company for about two, maybe two and a half months. And so my wife was like, she, she was like in her third trimester. So it wasn't like an easy task. And then we had a new baby, but then, so like, I was like, okay, I can at least take one or two hours a day and just hit it as hard as I can for that one to two hours a day. And I find like when you make that kind of determined, like effort that the universe conspires to help you, <laughs> like there was people that were either put in my way or that. I had a conversation with like back in May and now in July, all of a sudden they were looking to team up with me. And I think it really just came back to being consistent. Like I only had that hour, but that was like the most concentrated and deep focused hour I have ever had and just hit it as hard as I could. Right. Yeah. That's super valuable. That's the answer. Like everybody hates. <laughs> it's like, what's the hack? And it's like, oh, consistency. Okay. I was looking for something else, but it is, it's whether it's fitness, whether it's dieting, whether it's business, whether it's whatever it is, like consistent quality content, it was a key to, to success. Um, so talk to me a little bit. You mentioned rise Academy a little bit and trying to help people duplicate what you've done. How did that kind of take shape? What are you trying to help people do? And if someone were to sign up, what would be the, the kind of goals or steps out of the program that they'd be expecting. Yeah. So it, it's funny how it actually started is, so one of the co-founders, his name's Josh, we, we'd been in contact. Uh, he was like thinking of starting up a company and we'd been in contact and I met his partner, Sebastian, and they brought me in and we talked through it and I kind of laid out all my ideas. And like another part of what I attribute to my success is like continual education. Like I am constantly consuming content either about growing sales, marketing, whatever. And so 
I've been able to expand my repertoire as a marketer. It's like when I met with them, I used like all my knowledge and they, they were impressed. Like they were like, yeah, let's team up. And that business idea is put on pause right now, but they called me back two weeks later and like, Hey, you're actually somebody that we would like to bring in on something. And they're like, we'd like you to actually help us co-found this company. It's been Sebastian's brainchild. Josh is like a really good guy with the operations and the internal environment of the company. And they're like, we're missing that marketing piece. And we think that you could fit that and complement that really well. And again, just by putting in the efforts and having conversations with people, uh, I got put into that location spot where I could say yes to it. And so Rise Academy right now, like I said, we're really building it out right now. And our goal is to actually connect with them one-on-one -on -one with the coaches. We'll, we bring them in, like we talk to them, like, okay, if they came in for one specific thing, like I'm actually meeting with this, this married couple that does uh, fitness coaching and yeah. they have 200, 200 like clients that they've helped. And I've been going through their testimonies and it's just like mind blowing. Like they helped one guy lose like 60 pounds. People are ecstatic. So like we're building out this program right now for them. And this, if someone's interested in that, we actually want to connect them directly to those coaches. And so Rise Academy is just, we're putting you in the classroom that you want or that is intended for you. And really right now, the best way as we continue to roll it out would be just to hit me up on, on social media and be like, Hey, I'm really interested in like learning these or moving into like a next step. Could we have an exploration call or something like that and, yeah. and hit that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's huge. Look, I want to, I've got you here and I've got a lot of people that are definitely listening who are worried about marketing, but trying to stand out right now. And this is an area that I love to give practical and tactical advice on as much as I can, because it, the landscape, like I alluded to earlier, has changed so much. Marketing went from billboards and flyers to this online space, which is continually goes from me, the wild west to everybody gets settled. And then it seems like everything gets cleared out of the way. We're back to wild west and trying to figure out what to do next. Um, putting your marketing hat on, what do you think are some of the biggest areas that people should be focused on broadly when considering marketing in 2022? Yeah, I think like paying attention to new like platforms is going to be key. Facebook's kind of struggling with that iOS update still. Like mm, yeah. I have seen some conversions that were our bread and butter, like crumble a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but going into some new opportunities, especially if like it's consumer goods, yeah. uh, like clothing or any of that, like TikTok is huge right now. Yeah. Right. And it's, I think it's gaining traction. And I think one day TikTok will be just as, I mean, well, maybe not as bad, but it's going to continue to get more popular. But like right now, like with these consumer goods, I think getting into that space is like, like key. Yeah. And then I also, I actually think expanding like your network, like podcasts or that one-to-one -one contact. Like I actually just threw a conference in an effort to actually build my network. And hmm. I, it's kind of funny, like all five of the speakers, like I literally slid into their DMs and I was like, Hey, you don't know me, but you should come and speak at this conference and all five of them said yes and like and now i'm connected to them and now i'm having continual conversations with them and right. now if i can get my marketing into different places into different groups and, and targeting that and so i think looking at new platforms maybe looking at new strategies that you initially would have written off in the past right um, and being willing to take the time to explore those is, is key this episode of the show is brought to you by indeed we are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. I love what you said about TikTok. I think I read recently TikTok's global ad revenue is surpassing Snapchat and Twitter combined right now. So like they're climbing pretty quickly. And yeah, it's it's interesting how much that platform is taking hold. And it is, it's huge. Like it's a huge platform, but the ability to get a lot of traction, even organically is just crazy compared to Facebook or Instagram or any of these other players. Like it's a huge opportunity that people aren't taking advantage of. And I, I think it like influencers as a whole, like in, yeah. influencer marketing, but it's kind of funny because I was having this conversation with a potential client. We decided not to work together mainly because of this way. Like he's like, lay me out a plan. This specific good, it was like a, I think it was some honey, if I remember right. Like he he did farm to table honey. And I was like, man, like if we found some good like influencers and actually said, hey, use this product, tell us what you think. Give us like an honest review. And if you wouldn't mind making a post about it, going into influencer marketing and paying for that. And he was just like, so opposed to the idea. And I was like, man, you're going into a market where the market's already warmed up to that one person. And if they say this product is amazing, you're gonna get traction. Like. Mm-hmm. And so actually paying like a single person uh, to just do that, I think it's changed like the whole uh, micro marketing of it because now you can hit 5,000 groups of 5,000 people individually just by going to one specific person and targeting a niche has almost never been easier for that reason. Yeah. And you get to borrow that person's credibility. We talk about no trust all the time. Like it's wild to me, like people get so worried about, oh, I love targeting this group of people. And it's, yeah, but you could also go to the person they already trust <laughs> and then have that person sell your product for you. It's common, it's common sense. But yeah, it's, I'm curious to know your perspective on this because you mentioned not being averse to trying things that are new and trying new routes. And I'm always interested in hearing everyone's balance on this because I set up a Vero social media account and 95% of people listening to this are going to go, what's Vero? 
it's a platform that was going to be so big and then disappeared. Jumped on Triller when it first launched was going to be so big, disappeared. And I'm of the school of thought, like I'll try everything for a little bit and see what happens. How do you balance sticking with the quote unquote tried and true method, which obviously is an extreme version of that gets people trapped in a different decade versus knowing, hey, let's give it a shot. Should, do you test a certain percentage of stuff on new platforms? Do you have criteria you look for before jumping in full force? How do you navigate that? I actually go about it like the same way that I go about investing. And that's 60 to 65%. Like I'm putting in my blue chip stuff where it's worst comes to worst. I know I'm going to get some sort of result. Like yeah. it may not be this rocket to the moon type production, but what's going to keep the lights on. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to see $10,000 just go out the window like that. And so... I think 60, 65%, I prefer uh, 20 to 25, where it's just, okay, like we've never done Pinterest ads. We've never done TikTok ads. We've never done YouTube ads with a specific brand. Let's maybe try these and like, let's see what we can do. Like we've never done influencer marketing. Let's try that. And then 10%, just, man, go have some fun with it. I think what Warren Buffett said it where he's, it only takes one decision to make you like a billionaire or something like that. I can't remember it's major paraphrasing, but I mean, that 10% could end up going to the rocket to the moon. And so putting even just 10% like continually into different advertising options, different marketing solutions. You just never know when that is going to hit, but when it's going to be exponentially like growth from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see too many people that wait till it is proven to jump in or it's proven hundred percent. And that's where I think a lot of companies are going to be in two years with TikTok is going to be like, now we're set up and we're here. And it's, yeah, the algorithm is not going to favor you the same way it would have right now. Like I've been screaming at people, I like, get on it right now. There's so much potential. Like I'm having stuff go viral and I'm not attractive or smart enough for it to be getting the views that I'm getting. Do you have a, do you have a certain platform or even content type that you've really doubled down on? And I know it's different per category, but do you have like a kind of unexpected hero that you've really seen rise up in your kind of strategies? Um, what we've actually been seeing is like really popular is actually still photos have been performing really well for us right now I have hmm. with a few different e-commerce brands that we're working with hmm. where it's, we will just put up like a carousel of them and it, it does really well. Like it's super basic yeah. and it's nothing too crazy, but like I have found that just by communicating your brand, like through your, even just your wording, I don't know. I personally am of the mind, let's put some personality in this. Cause like nobody wants to just like just hear just another humdrum, a description of some joggers or some towels. No, let's pep this up. This is the way I talk. Like we're going to, we're going to let that show like in, in our marketing. And I, I found that that's one of the biggest positives. Simon Sinek in start with why, like he says it multiple times, people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Mm -hmm. And so being yourself and communicating your why throughout is the most important thing. Like when it comes to advertising, in my opinion, I mean, like SEO, Google ads, it's really hard to put your why in like a Google AdWord or like SEO keywords or anything like that. But with some of this like more upfront marketing where it's actual visual, uh, mm -hmm. why not communicate like why you're doing this? Like why you're out to make the best towel in the world? Why you're out to make the biggest improvement to trucking in the world? Let's yeah. show people why. Yeah. And there's so much of that, like you mentioned the organic side of podcasting and all those sorts of things. Like... I think that's where that marriage comes together, where I think everybody knows cold audiences, warm audiences, like that that's vernacular that's used all the time, but I'm always blown away by how many people are always going after ice cold audiences. Hey, this person likes towels. So here's an ad about towels. Like one, 
That's super broad. There's a billion examples like that. I see people promoting their podcasts to people that like podcasts. And I'm like, okay, do they listen on Apple? Do they listen to true crime? Do they listen to business? But that's a very broad category. And also beyond all of that, even if you are a, they listen to business podcasts on Apple podcasts, and that's what your ad is. And why are they going to listen to you specifically? And I really love that marriage of getting to become very familiar with people where you're doing podcasts, you're doing conferences, like you mentioned, you're getting out there to the point where when someone sees an ad, they're going like, oh yeah, I remember seeing you here. I remember seeing this thing here and I resonate with your message. What are you actually selling? What do you actually do? What percentage of time do you spend like really helping people develop like that, those organic channels and focusing in on building a good organic following of reels or posts or podcasts, spending time at conferences, like how much does that play into the overall strategy for you? Especially at the beginning, I'd say that it, it's, it's pretty much like, like not all of it. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like all of it, very few times are you going to, at least in the marketing world, especially as a younger company. Are you going to walk into somebody that already has like a super established presence and then right. exactly their marketing and knows exactly their audience? Because otherwise they probably wouldn't be bringing you in right? Uh, unless it were for some very specific like technical marketing help. Like SEO is probably one of those things. But like for me, like, yeah, at the beginning, it is, it's a hundred percent of it. Like actually setting up that cadence of, okay, like I always walk them through, okay, explain like the perfect day for your product. Like. How is somebody going to use this product in the perfect day and or like use this result in like a perfect day so like actually get them thinking and be like okay let's go through your audience let's target and so it's 100 percent of the time like i feel at least with the first couple months and where it's just we're continually learning more and more about them but also more and more about their their audience and and how to approach their audience Right. Yeah. You're creating, it's another thing. Like you don't have to necessarily create quote unquote, create as much when you have people telling you what they want to know more about. Like when someone says, Oh, I love what you're talking. When you talk about this, if you have 10 people saying that you can talk more about it and then create an ad based on it, that they're probably going to also like, like people will tell you exactly what to do for them, which is super funny. So veering this into really, we've talked about networking. I think that's a big piece of your story all the way through. Um, we, one question we ask everybody that comes on the show is, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Uh, I think you may have already accidentally given your answer to this, but I'm curious to know your perspective. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. Like even going back to, so I threw the conference like the last day of March, so March 31st. And I actually read a book. It was by Dan Fleischman. It was like how to set up a personal brand for under a thousand bucks. And one thing that I take a lot of pride in is like when I read these books, I am very much, okay, I'm going to apply it. Let's go out and do this. And one of the things that he mentions throw a conference and he goes about like strategically how to land speakers. Since I knew Rod, obviously I was in his course. I'm now the business coach for his program. I'm teaching his students. And so we talk all the time. So I was like, I can approach Roger and ask him to do it. And Roger's super nice. So I know he's not going to shoot me down. And so he hopped on and then I went out and I found four other people that had like loose affiliation with Roger, but that were still like in my top dream 100 of these guys are some guys that I would really like to associate with one day. And then I went out and asked, I, I also think that as you're building out your network, people are more accessible than ever slide into no. those DMS, nothing stop right. it. Don't be a weirdo about it. Just go and do it. I think people are like, oh, I, I wish I could talk to you because it would like absolutely like be mind blowing. And it's like, 
then do it. Like, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like even Dan Fleischman, I sent him like four texts, like her messages on Instagram where it's read your book. I got Roger Comstock, Sam Tagger, Bridger Pennington, Kevin Karchner, Alex Urban. They're all going to speak at my event, all from following the steps in your book. And all of a sudden it's just, boom, now I got these five straight up killers lighting up the stage. And now I'm associated with them. Now I'm in their network. They're in my network. No. And now my audience has also grown because of that one event. Right. Yeah, it's huge. It's instant credibility. That's the thing we talk about all the time. It's the whole foundation of Guestia, like our company. It's like the whole idea is if you can get around the right people, like it's going to, you're going to inherit one, all of their knowledge and you get to spend time rubbing shoulders with people like them. But then also too, you're increasing your credibility because you're leveling up the people that you're around. You're at conferences, sharing stages with some of these people. You're on podcasts, sharing your, your platform with some of these people that are already recognizable. And as long as you don't do anything to totally screw up that relationship once it happens, you're in a, which is a part that a lot of people also mess up, that's a really good spot to be. You've got a lot of opportunities that present themselves very quickly. I, I want to ask as far as obviously reaching out to people, building the connection slowly over time, and you have the one you invested in, you could leverage that into a couple more speakers, things like that. How are you continually like investing in um, other mentorship relationships? Are you uh, just spending money to add value to people and building a natural relationship? Are you putting yourself into mastermind environments? What's your strategy and investment into relationships moving forward? Yeah, both actually. One thing that I can't remember who told, I think it was actually, I can't remember, but there's pretty much two ways to get better. And one of them is to either pour money in it and expedite the process. And which I think people are like, oh, that's a lot of money. And it's in the long run of things, like you could make that money back in a very short amount of time. Like yeah. people have no problem putting $60,000 on a rental house to only cash flow 200 bucks a month. <laughs> right. Invest 15,000 to cash flow $40,000 a month. And it's just, you just have to have the mental switch of no, like this is a short term loss for an exponential long-term gain. And so I think continually adding it, going into like right now is prime time. There are so many conferences going on. The world's opening mostly back up or they have virtual options. And so going to conferences, going to masterminds, investing in other coaches, other mentors, or subscribing to different YouTube or Instagram channels can completely change like your inner circle of like how you talk to yourself, how you act and like different opportunities that you perceive at that point. Yeah. I literally had a conversation with someone the other day about YouTube specifically. And I was like, literally anything you want to know how to do is right there. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fluff out there, but I was like, literally any possible thing you want to know about. If you want to know about, I was talking with someone a few months ago in my family and they were like talking, oh, I was thinking about doing this and trying to find some side hustles. And I was like, why don't you start like an Amazon store? Like, why don't you just go that route? And they're like, I don't know how to do that. And I was like, have you YouTubed it? <laughs> like, there's literally a billion people that'll tell you every single step that you need to do it. And I, for whatever reason, like people don't even take advantage of the free content that's out there. Like they don't take advantage of these opportunities to learn things that seriously, a couple of years ago would be, you have to go to school for that specific thing and learn all the different steps. Yeah. I think like a lot of times people think that they're more entitled to a seat at the table when in reality, you actually have to build that seat yourself, like through education, through consistency, through hard work and just going out there and being willing to fail and educate yourself and being willing to fail on what you educate on. Like 
I think failure is like the best teacher. So like, it's funny that you bring that YouTube up. Cause like when I was first looking into some side hustles, when I was an accountant, I actually found a four hour video on a guy that went from start to end of how to set up a Shopify drop shipping store. Hmm. It was four hours, super in depth. And by the end of it, I had a store and I had it set up. Now I have since let that store go because I've been focusing on some other stuff, but it's, it was out there. It was a hundred percent free. Like it, I, anybody can go out and watch that. Yeah. But very few people, more people want to just like complain about the problem because it's a little bit easier than actually going out and fixing that problem. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent agree with that. Like I talk about that all the time. My wife knows like she would roll her eyes if I even talked about it. Cause I, I always, especially when you're sitting around a dinner table with family or friends and they're complaining about, I would love to make money on the side or, Oh, I'd love to make six figures. It's always, my answer is always what you said. It's like, why don't you <laughs> like, what's the thing that's stopping you? Because you, I know you have a lot of time because you're spending it here complaining about it. There's so many resources out there that can help. And then if you have a little money to throw at it, even better, there's so many people out there that will show you for a small fee, everything that they do to make a ridiculous amount of money every single month. Um, oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of options there. Um, another piece that's circled in my mind a lot is the education side. And there's a lot of different schools on this. There's the Ty Lopez's of the world that claim they read a, a book a day, which seems I have a four-year-old. I can't imagine ever doing that. And then you have the other people, which I'm starting to lean more and more into, which sounds what you do, which is you read a book and try to implement as much as you can and be a student of that one book for a pretty long period of time. Do you find yourself when it comes to education, focusing on one very narrow path, trying to apply as much as you can from that one resource? Or are you someone who says, I'm trying to learn a lot of different things at once and move forward by just, you know, being in a deluge of information? Yeah, I, I do not have the attention span nor the gifted ability to multitask. And that's something maybe I need to get better at and can continue to get better at. But I have found that Dan Fleischman's book that how to build your brand, I probably read that thing 30 times before my conference. Mm. And so I am really of the mind, no, it, whatever it is, like read the book. One of my all-time favorite entrepreneurs right now is Alex Tremosi. Mm. And he has this amazing book. He has an amazing online course. He has an amazing YouTube channel. He has an amazing Instagram channel. And it's just like, I went through his book and then I went through the course and then I went through the course, the audio book and the book like all together. And yeah, I'm very of the mind. I'll start multiple books like in the same time range. Mm -hmm. And it's actually like an ongoing joke with me and my wife because I just have these books with bookmark like one chapter in because I gave up on three of them just to focus on this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. So like I, I tried the whole multitask like reading and for me, it's just, no, I got to zero in and, and really build up that one weakness that I need to become a strength. Always wants to hit me when I'm like, oh, I didn't finish this book or I didn't. Cause like my mom will finish any, like she's comes from a lit teacher background. So she's every book, there's something you can get out of it. And so she'll be like, she'll be like three fourths of the way through this Russian novel that like she hates. And I'm like, just stop reading it. And she's like, I got to finish it. I got to finish it. I'm like, you don't like. There, and, and that's something that I've really come to agree with like you on this is that a book isn't inherently valuable. And I know that's, you know, heresy to a lot of book lovers out there. And I love books. Like I would describe myself as a book lover, but it has to serve what you need it to do for you at that point. And I think people get this weird, like, it's like the sunk cost fallacy of I poured three hours into this book. I got to finish it. It's, or you could, like you said, find the one that's really helping you 
and just doubled down on that. Alex Ramosi's book is a great example. Every It's like the shot heard around the world. Everybody is going through his stuff right now. But it is. You could go through that book 600 times and like keep applying it. And like until you're seeing similar results, because all the plan is there, like why would you stop and try to go into another book or try to go into another resource and you know try to find a different way? Like implementing it chapter by chapter is like huge and yeah. it could keep you very busy for a long time. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. Especially if you're, like you said, finding books with a purpose in your life in mm-hmm. that moment. There is very few times where as I was going through these books in a specific period of time where it's like, I'd read a chapter and it would take me like four hours because like I'm taking notes. I'm like, like mm-hmm. I'm at my whiteboard. I'm writing down like how I'm going to implement it, drawing it out and be like, okay, this is how I could implement this grand slam offer into my marketing. Okay. How am I going to do this? And so actually mapping it out, like I said, it's all about the application of what you're learning. That's going to be where the rubber hits the road and you're really going to propel forward. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, bro. Well, look, I'm going to move us into our random round here. I'm going to ask you some quick questions with some quick answers and uh, let people get to know you just a little bit more before we close out the episode. First and foremost, what profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? Bartending. (laughs) It's kind of funny because when I was in high school, I would have to go through and I would have to put in what occupation do you want to be? And my first choice was always eye doctor. That obviously didn't pan out. Probably a good thing because I I would have been terrible. You would have been an eye doctor. It didn't sound like a lot of fun. Sorry to all eye doctors listening. But but my number two choice, like for years, like ever since the sixth grade was bartending. Cause mm. I was like, it'd be so cool to sit behind the bar. You're sitting there talking to people. And yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, that was always like one of those ones where I was like, it'd, it'd be fun. And like, why not? Like it's yeah. really not a whole lot of stress. Like you're mixing drinks for people. So you're the guy that's bringing the happiness to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, uh, we live in Vegas. So I've been, I've been telling my wife, I was like, I feel like while we're here, cause I don't know how long we'll live here. I was like, I feel like I should take a bartending class or something. I was like, this seems like the place to figure this out. But uh, yeah, it would be a lot of fun to, to figure out. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Ooh. It's kind of like on the entrepreneurial side, I, I would say Alex Mosey. Hey, he's a magnificent man. The guy's got calves of steel. But then he's also just like this entrepreneur with this amazing brain. And I would love to ask like just unlimited questions in that hour time frame. But like past, I would say Theodore Roosevelt. I have a, a great affinity for the outdoors. I love the national parks. The dude got shot and then proceeded to give a speech. Man in the Arena is like one of my favorite all time like poems out there. Hmm. And man, he just, the guy was just awesome. Like I would love to, because he fought such so much. Like most people don't know this, but when he was a kid, like he had debilitating diseases that like constricted him physically. Mm. But rather than making that an excuse, like he got a weight set and started working out literally every day and became consumed by it and worked past his weaknesses to a point where they were now his strengths. Now he was physically capable. Yeah. And so I think speaking to him would be pretty awesome as well. Yeah. I got a clip that Cavs the Steel clip. That's going to be a, a TikTok and a reel. We're going to tag Alex. We're going to, I think that'll seal the deal. I think he'll be ready to connect. If you ever want me to compliment your body, please DM me. I, <laughs> I would love to come uh, to wherever you're at and talk to you and Layla. There you go. How do you like to learn best? Books, blogs, podcasts, videos? What's your favorite way to consume information? I think books, blog or books, podcasts, and like audiobooks, and then like video content. I don't know. Like, it, there's just really so much unlimited stuff out there that's just like yeah. any way that you can consume it is perfect by me. Like, I think those are 
my personal favorites. Give me a glimpse of your morning. So it was waking up at 4.30, going to the gym, and then getting an early start on the day. I I have now been going to the gym at 10, but it starts out, I actually wake up and spend the first hour and a half with my wife and my daughter. And it puts you in a good mood because when you walk down the stairs and your daughter just like lights up, it melts your heart and you start off the kind of good note. Right now, like I, I do that and I spend like an hour and a half with them, get that one-on-one time with them. And then I, I head down into my office and actually start um, doing the actual work and getting it ready to go. What's your go-to pump-up song? Oh, man, an oldie but a goodie is Eye of the Tiger. Because like I can't, you can't get like uh, Rocky out of your mind. And For sure. It would be like an awesome, I, I don't know, that montage is just something else. So. Love it. Uh, what is one thing that you're not? Sometimes I, I actually get lost in the detail. Like I'm not super good at the minute details. I have people on my team that now compliment those weaknesses, which is a very good thing. Know your weaknesses and hire for them is like my mentality. I like focusing on like the big picture. I like focusing on like the strategy and like kind of all of that. But when it comes down to very minute details, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I'd rather not be doing this. Sure. Right there with you. Last question here. What is the number one place online where people can connect with you the most? I'd say my Instagram. It's at Austin R. Josie. That's A-U-S-T-I-N-R and then Josie, J-O-S-I-E, just like Josie and the Pussycats. Okay, perfect. Uh, do you sing? Uh, no, not well. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that was worth a shot. But uh, no, thank you so much. Awesome for joining me on the show and for sharing so much knowledge. And I definitely encourage people, if you're listening, go check out the links in the show notes to this episode. I'll have a link over to the Rise Academy and over to Instagram so people can connect with you, uh, shoot you a DM and uh, try to connect with you in person and build their network a little bit. So uh, thank you again for joining me. It was a I, great conversation. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.